This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. And I want to start by giving some shout outs to some of our newer Patreon supporters. Yay. So many thanks to Warren M, Sakana G, Dustin L, Edward T, and Jasmine L. Uh, we appreciate you your support. And I also want to issue some quick corrections to stuff we said last <laughs> week. Ooh, Turns out one of us talked out of our ass and that person was me. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out God does exist and we were wrong about that. So we have to, yeah. We've had a good run. No, uh, <laughs> last week we had said that a hundred percent of the COVID tests that were given to people who attended Trump's Tulsa, Oklahoma rally came back positive in a story about Herman Cain. But that report, which was cited elsewhere was based on incomplete information they didn't test everybody. It wasn't a hundred percent. So it was later expanded upon and corrected. So our bad on that one. Mm -hmm. And Herman Cain ran for president in 2012, not 2016. In my defense on that one, time has no meaning anymore. So Uh, let's start this week. Uh, I don't even know which of these crazy stories to start off with. Do you have a preference? Oh God. Can we talk about, um, yeah, I know what I want to start talking about. Um, how Dunkin' Donuts has to require masks because a pastor threatened an employee. Let's. I have a history with this guy, so let's let us discuss. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so there is this pastor Greg Locke. We've talked about him before because he's a guy who is who is basically a Trump acolyte who once got mad at Planned Parenthood, and then we got revenge by having people make Planned Parenthood donations in his name. Good times. Mm-hmm. And last week, and I'm looking for the video right now, uh, last week he uh, did this video where he was basically screaming like crazy. Do you want to go ahead and tell the story while I pull this up? Yeah. So he said, um, apparently he said, if you call me to the, so he was in Dunkin' Donuts, somebody asked him to, um, to wear a mask. Um, he pushed open the door with his foot on the way out. Um, and he said, uh, allegedly, according to his own words, he said, if you call me a liar, one, why, why would they call him a liar? Unclear. Um, if you call me a liar one more time, I'm going to take these work boots and I'm going to kick your teeth down your throat. Yes. Just like Jesus would. <laughs> and uh, I would also say, by the way, during this video, which he made in his car ride, he also said he has an obsession with Dunkin' Donuts. He loves Dunkin'. He gets coffee there all the time. Is he from this in- Boston? Because I learned he's from Tennessee oh. and he was on vacation when all this happened. <laughs> but he was also saying that his typical order, which I think he gets twice a day, is two medium coffees with seven cream, five sugars in each one. Which Listen, I am person... not here to judge somebody's <laughs> coffee drink. I, too, appreciate a coffee drink that's mostly cream and sugar. It's fucking fine. We have a lot of shit to dunk on this all guy. Right, all right, all right. His coffee drink so is not one. This guy loves his coffee. Gets like four of them a day. And then when he went into this store without wearing a mask and someone called him out on it, he made this threat. And... That's this. I mean, and now Dunkin' Donuts. He makes a video that makes gets like a gazillion views of him screaming about how Dunkin' has persecuted him. This is the United States of America. Y'all hear me? Trump 2020. 
Yeah. Cool. Um, so he makes this rant. And then I asked Dunkin' Donuts, or at Duncan. Duncan is their official name. Yeah. I asked Duncan the day of this video, like, hey, are you doing anything about this guy who's making threats and not wearing masks in your stores? And they did not respond to me. I was very disappointed about that. <laughs> but the next day, I think, Duncan issued a special statement saying, we are now requiring masks at all of our stores. Yeah, all so- of our franchisees must... All customers must have masks. Every person inside must have them. Do you them. have a date of the video? Because the um, the article I'm seeing is July 31st. But yeah, July 30th. They... The, the 30th is when I, I posted about the okay, video. So and was... I think he posted it a day before that or something. Yeah, so starting Wednesday, August 5th, so two days ago, they require all restaurant employees to wear face masks and have updated yada, yada, yada. Yeah. This is a wild thing. And maybe this isn't. this is just true of the, um, the Dunkin' Donuts near us, but... Don't most Dunkins have a drive-thru? They do. Like you can go in the drive-thru. He said you go in no. the store and put people at risk. If you don't like the rules, do not go in the store. That's right. He doesn't have to make a big deal about this, but then how else is he going to pretend to be persecuted? Um, but one of the things, okay, so I was watching a sermon that he gave on Sunday this past week because that's what I do with my free time. I can't believe And that. one of the things he mentioned is that his daughter works at Dunkin'. Oh, no. And he said in his sermon, they let my daughter work again at Dunkin' Donuts, even after the media fiasco. And so my theory here, and this is based purely on speculation, is that his crazy rant got her in trouble and that she got so mad at daddy yeah. and it does what teenagers do that he basically is making it up to her by saying, I need to calm myself down. I need to not be insane. And also I don't think he wants to get banned from Duncan. Otherwise he can't get his coffee. So he like gave a sermon where he's like, I got to tone it down. You guys, it started by the way, that part of the rant said, you know, I'm a very passionate person, Mm. which is how a lot of very uh, horrible people begin their pseudo apologies. Yes. Um, and by the way, if you look on Twitter, he says crazy stuff today, like still. So he hasn't about changed. Masks specifically? Uh, not about masks, about everything. By the way, this is a guy who runs a small church. It's not a mega church by any means. It's an independent church, not connected with a larger movement. So he can do whatever he wants. But he's still holding large in-person services in a tent outdoors. Mm-hmm. But like, I, there's no masks. There's no distancing. It's just outdoors. That's kind of it. Yeah. But that's what this guy is doing with his time. Yeah, he's a big dick bag, but <laughs> let's talk about Joe Biden then, because uh <laughs> here's what happened this week. Uh okay, many things happened this week. <laughs> but uh, Donald Trump was visiting Ohio this a couple days ago. And he said, and I'm going to quote this part of his speech directly, Sarah Cooper style. Mm-hmm. If Joe Biden wins the election, it would lead to, quote, no religion, no anything, hurt the Bible, hurt God. He's against God. He's against guns. He's against energy. And I just want to single out a couple things there. If Joe Biden wins, he's going to hurt the Bible mm-hmm. and he's going to hurt God. Mm-hmm. And the question I'm trying to figure out is, I don't get the Trump campaign strategy here. Is Joe Biden so weak and mentally deficient that he can't do anything? Or is he so mega powerful that he can can destroy destroy God? God? It is 
And I mean, I know I understand that like we've all become desensitized to the ramblings of this incoherent monster, but just take away your guns, destroy your second amendment, no religion, no anything, hurt the Bible, hurt the God. He's against God. He's against guns. If my dad said something like that, I would want to like have his mental acuity checked. Like it's not, there was no sentence in the, Like I just do not, <laughs> I do understand how people listen to him. Like, yeah, that guy knows what the fuck is up. He, I mean, clearly, sentences. clearly he knows that if he it's like some advisor must've told him you need to hang on to your white evangelical base. You need them in November. So basically he's making sure that in every sentence he's like, uh, Democrats, they hate God. And then he, uh, they hate guns. He, they're coming to, he just, goes into talking point mode. And I would almost understand what he's trying to do, except for the fact that, like, he can't quote the fucking Bible. Like, he doesn't have a favorite passage. He's not going to be able to say, like, me, on the other hand, I take my inspiration from XYZ package. Like, it is such... it. it, The fact that... And I don't think it works. I I mean, again, this is one of the... For all the good stuff, for all the bad stuff and critical stuff, me and you and many others have said about Biden, like he wasn't our first or second or third choice in the primary. He one of the benefits to Joe Biden is pretty much every voter who cares about this stuff knows him. Mm-hmm. They like they've been around him forever. So like a guy who talks about God and faith all the time, you can't write him off right. as not sufficiently religious or eager to destroy religion. I think there was a campaign ad for the Trump campaign that showed like Joe Biden is weak. And the picture they're using of Joe Biden in that moment is him in a church praying. Like, that's you, not a good look. What are you trying to do? Like, Biden is a devout Catholic. And then what does the Biden, what do the Trump people say? He's not really a devout Catholic because he's supportive of pro choice policy. Which is an argument that only works if you think half the Catholics in the U.S. aren't real Catholics. Yeah. Because, like, it doesn't matter if you agree with what the Pope says. That's not the definition of Catholic. No, Like, it's only the people outside the Catholic Church who are like, no, 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 let me tell you what it means to be Catholic. You must agree with the Vatican on 100% of everything or you're not a true Catholic. Like, no one's a true Catholic by that definition. Yeah. So Biden is the devout Catholic, who, by the way, has a faith outreach director, who, by the way, has never stopped talking about God forever. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Trump is the guy tear-gassing people on the way to a cheap photo op in front of a church he doesn't attend. Yeah. But but Trump is the guy saying he's going to destroy God? Um, Biden issued a statement after Trump made that I hesitate to call it a comment, yeah. but those words, word salad, word salad. Uh, one of the things he wrote, I'm going to quote this part directly. My faith teaches me to love my neighbor as I would myself. While president Trump only seeks to divide us. My faith teaches me to care for the least among us. While president Trump only seems to be concerned about his gilded friends. My faith teaches me to welcome the stranger while president Trump tears families apart. My faith teaches me to walk humbly while President Trump tear gas peaceful protesters so he could walk over to a church for a photo op. It goes on for a while, but basically of all the of all the gaffes Biden makes, this one was thought out. And they're like, this smear isn't going to work on him, of all people. Yeah, I mean, the the statement from uh, Andrew Bates, who's a, a campaign spokesperson for Biden, Donald Trump is the only president in our history to have tear gassed peaceful Americans and thrown a priest out of her church so he could purvein it. 
profane it and a Bible for his own cynical optics as he sought to tear our nation apart at a moment of crisis and pain. And this comes just one day after Trump's campaign abused a photo of Joe Biden praying in church to demean him and one of the starkest mm-hmm. expressions of weakness throughout this whole campaign. And like, listen, I the for us, this is all, or I won't speak for you, but for me, it's all very silly of like, you don't believe in this thing the right way, the way that I do in the good way. You believe in this thing in a slightly different, it, like it, it genuinely feels like children being like, no, pink is the best color. No, blue is the best color. Like that's what it feels <laughs> like to me of people just yeah. fighting over kind of nonsense. But like, if you are going to use religion as a cornerstone of like who you are morally, I think we can all agree that Joe Biden is doing a better job of it than Trump, right? Yeah, even even symbolically, I don't care what he thinks privately about it, but like he's never been the type to to pretend not to be religious or devout or anything. Yeah. Um, Stupid. Here's what one thing that bothered me. I expect Trump to say this sort of stuff, but I think it's really telling that of all the Trump fans, all the followers, all the Christian evangelicals who surround him, I cannot find a single one of them who came out and said, you know, I disagree with Joe Biden on many issues, but no, he's not going to destroy God. My faith is stronger than that. That's because like it's a fucking, no one. It's a death cult. It literally like nobody has the balls to stand up against Trump even when he says garbage word salad like this. It's truly I think like recently Mitch McConnell said something but only when it was like about Trump suggesting that we should change the date of the election. And finally Mitch McConnell was like, "Ooh, this far no further, sir." <laughs> And if he's the guy that has to defend you, things are not going well. Um, Let me talk about Jenna Ellis, who is Trump's personal lawyer, who we've talked about because she recently claimed people were trying to cancel Christianity because of cancel culture. Um, So Michelle Obama this week, she has a podcast now. Mm. So clearly, you know, competition. (sighs) She said in her podcast that she was feeling low grade depression And she wasn't talking uh, clinically or anything, but basically saying, I know things suck right now because of the pandemic. She cited racial strife. She basically said everything else happening right now. Mm -hmm. There's a lot. uh, There's a lot of reasons to be upset about things, which sounds very normal and relatable. And I I get it. I would go further that it's really important that she discusses her mental health, even if it's not like you said, even if it's not like clinical depression. It's really important, I think, to make make sure that these people that who we look up to also have shitty days and not shitty days because like their favorite yacht burned down or whatever rich people <laughs> cry about. But, you know, like I have it, a yacht story coming up. What? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I yeah. forgot about that yacht story. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. All but that, yes, yeah, so Jenna Ellis, is, the it, Trump lawyer, <laughs> Trump lawyer, Jenna, uh, Jenna Ellis went on Fox News and I'm going to quote. Uh, what she said here because it was insane uh quote i think that this is more of an issue of michelle obama's liberalism because the family institute for studies has shown that actually conservatives tend to be more joyful and more happy overall with their lives because we still believe in the pillars of society which is the church and family and so i would encourage michelle obama to go to church and to find meaning in the Lord Jesus Christ as her own personal savior. Boy, there's a lot going on there. Oh, yeah. First of all, 
there is no family institute for studies. I don't know what she's talking okay, about. I thought you misspoke. She said the family institute for studies. That's a, uh-huh. That's not a thing. And by the way, like it doesn't matter if conservatives tend to be more joyful. I mean, they don't care if people are suffering or dying. So of course they're going to be more joyful. Like that right. doesn't mean anything. That's like saying atheists are more depressed. Yeah. It's because we have to deal with religious bullshit all the time. It doesn't mean we're inherently sadder. Yeah. I, I think, I think when you have empathy for people other than yourselves, you're necessarily going to be less overall happy because you care about what's happening to people besides literally your own person. Like, yeah, that's just how the fucking world works. And like, I don't know, I just got put on a second antidepressant. I would rather have these feelings of empathy for people and have to medicate myself than be able to cut myself off from the world and be like, oh, black people are getting killed. I'm not black. Why could I possibly care about something that literally You're joyful and happy? It's such a truly <laughs> wild. It's wild. And then the idea that Obama, Michelle Obama, who, by the way, in case they need a reminder, is Christian, mm-hmm. that the problem is she doesn't go to church and that she, I mean, saying you need to find meaning in the Lord Jesus Christ is all is a dumb thing to say in and of itself, because mm-hmm. I don't need that. You don't need that. Nobody need, needs that. But she's Christian. Obama's. They are Christian. Wait. Like they they definitely don't need to find Jesus because they are Christian. Like that's the sort of thing you say as a dog whistle to people who assume they're Muslim. Like that's that was it to me. Like she thinks Michelle Obama isn't really a Christian or something. It uh, would have been bad advice to begin with, but uh, so I'm going to do a live edit because I just found the Institute for family studies. Oh, that's different. That's not the family Institute for studies, oh. which is what she said. Oh, okay. Um, but it definitely case, found like, the report she was <laughs> she was talking about i I wouldn't even doubt that there are studies that show conservatives tend to be joyful because i've seen studies that say like cisgender people are probably happier than trans people Mm -hmm. and straight people are happier than gays and uh, christians are happier than atheists it has nothing to do with your identity it has nothing to do with any of that it's because you live in a society that revels in one of these you know, identities, labels, um, and looks down upon the other ones. And I'm not calling out this whole study because I do not know, although it was conducted in part by BYU. Um, but one of the questions is, do the do the respondents believe divorces increased in the past 10 years? Now, that's not a thing I can have an opinion on, right? Like, right. they either did or they did not, right? And that's the second question they have posted. Man, I don't know. It's dedicated to strengthening marriage and family life and advancing the well-being of children. Ugh, fuck this place. Uh Uh-huh. By the way, Jenna Ellis, the lawyer who said all this, she works at Liberty University's Falkirk Center. So she's like, that's her brand of knowledge here. She's at the Liberty University think tank, which (laughs) says everything you need to know about the sort of people. If Liberty University has a think tank, it's... They, they, they maybe they all make up one cell. I can't. That's tell. not great. Uh, let's we, talk about Jerry Falwell. Oh yeah, let's. We do. have to talk about him because we're talking about liberty anyway. So last week, uh, I'm still trying to make sense of this. I don't know what's going on with him. I think this happened over the weekend. 
Jerry Falwell posted a picture on Instagram. And let me try to describe it in case you haven't seen it yet. Right. It is a picture of him with his hand just on too high on the waist of a woman who's not his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, she's wearing something that reveals a lot of her stomach. And then his shirt is kind of tied up so that you could see a lot of his stomach. And I believe the what they're doing is Trailer Park Boys cosplay. Like it's a Canadian show, maybe, but um, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah. But okay, they're they're dressing up like characters in this in this reality show, quote unquote. But basically, Wait, it's I don't think Trailer Park Boys is reality show. I think it's a comedy show. Comedy show. Sorry. Um, he's holding a drink in his hand. He has his arm around a woman who's not his wife. They're dressed in something that's revealing. Basically, if a Liberty University student did any of these things, it would be grounds for expulsion because they have a very strict moral code. Well, I think. Hemant, you kind of glossed over the important thing, which is not just that, like, his shirt is rolled up, but his shirt is rolled up and both of their pants are, like, unbuttoned and unzipped. Oh, yes, that too. I'm sorry. That's a really important part. Like, it's it's confusing. Their flies are down. And then the caption, the caption on the Instagram post, it's just like, Morification shots, a lot of good friends visited us on the yacht. But then he says... I promise that's just black, black water, water in my glass. It was a prop only. Like, I wasn't even paying attention to the drink. Black But black water. water is what you're going with? Not wine, not beer, just black water, really. I'm just seeing if black water is a thing that's been used by anybody besides this guy. <laughs> um, Chris Hayes, the MSNBC anchor, posted... Uh-huh. Can someone confirm if that Falwell photo is real or not? I'm losing my mind. Yeah, I, that was actually my first, <laughs> the first time I saw that. The first time I saw it, because he's like, the same as I think all of us. I'm like, okay, this is so far beyond the pain. And like, listen, I don't actually care what he wears or what kind of theme yes. parties he has. Yeah. But, Correct. like, A, it's a Buckwild picture for a pastor to post on his Instagram, especially considering it. It has the words, our yacht, (laughs) which is maybe the least Christian thing somebody can do is own a yacht. But yeah, I think it's the hypocrisy. It's I don't care about his private life. I don't care. I think he said that woman was like her, his wife's assistant. I don't know what excuse he made. I don't don't know. I don't know. And I don't care. I don't care about this man's private life. But the hypocrisy here is incredible. My favorite reaction came from this guy, Malachi O'Brien, who is another member of the Falkirk Center think tank thing, where his initial reaction when someone posted a picture that Falwell quickly deleted from Instagram was, this is not President Falwell. And then like five (laughs) minutes later, he responds with, I deleted after I got more context on the photo. It was Jerry. So I was wrong. But it was, and then he goes on to say, it was a photo taken out of context. Did you know that? What it was being used to imply is ungodly. How dare you all post this photo that I insisted was fake until I was told it was very real. (laughs) Okay, I found a thing at the vitamin shop. Shop is S-H-O-P-P-E. Oh God! What black, is it? BLK period premium alkaline water. There's no way that's what it is. No, but at least something exists. There's also a 2007 movie that keeps coming up, which is making my search extremely difficult. 
Can I give you my crazy conspiracy theory on this? Always. Here's okay. Here's my crazy conspiracy theory. And maybe if you have seen last week tonight, you saw John Oliver point something similar out several months ago. Boris Johnson, when he was running to become prime minister, he was campaigning for his party anyway. One of the things that was bad for him is that there were these buses that had like the, if you vote for Brexit, um, it'll save us money for NHS, the National Mm -hmm. Health Service. And of course, if you Google Boris Johnson in the bus, like that's what comes up. And so when he was doing interviews during campaigning and stuff, if I have the story right, he would say when he was a little boy, he really enjoyed toy buses. And it's like the dumbest, weirdest tangent. Like, I don't care what you did as a child. Who cares about your little train, toy, bus, whatever? Well, who cares about your little hobby? And the thing that John Oliver pointed out, and he wasn't the first to do it, he was quoting a news report, was that now if you Google Boris Johnson and bus, it was the interviews that came up Uh, and not the NHS story that was hounding him. So maybe it was planned. And I don't know if that's true or not. But I was wondering, like, if you Google right now, fall well in picture, what will come up? is the recent racist tweet Falwell made where he had like, oh, if, if the state of Virginia is going to make me wear a mask, I'm going to wear one with like Roy Cooper's blackface picture on it. Jeez. That was his idea of a joke. And like he deleted that later. That was a big kerfuffle a month or two ago. But like that's what comes up if you find Falwell picture, whatever. Yeah. I- and now it's this weird little yacht thing. So that's my conspiracy for you. He did it on purpose because he knew people would make a big deal out of it. But this is now the thing that comes up instead of his racism. Yeah, that's fair. I just, it's just also, it's just also bizarre. It just truly, truly (laughs) weirds me out that these people act like they have a, a higher moral standard than the rest of us. And that's what makes them better than us shitty atheists because Mm -hmm. whatever. And then they like, I don't, I I cannot think. It's the hypocrisy. That's a problem. It's It's not all well doing this, even though I have many questions about who his friends are and what they do. It's the hypocrisy. And it's again, if a Liberty student did any of this, it would be grounds for expulsion. Mm -hmm. But again, this happened when you're not allowed to go to a, party where there's alcohol if you're a liberty student Mm -hmm. and yet there are pictures of Falwell at a nightclub and he insisted nope they photoshopped it and the guy who runs the nightclub is like nope here are the originals I have the photos yeah like listen if he wants to go to a fucking nightclub by all means I don't care but you can't with a drink in hand by the way that was yeah not black water like I am drinking my non-black water in our my friendly <laughs> uh, glass right now yeah but like i don't care if he wants to have a drink i don't care if he wants to have a tacky theme party that i stopped doing when i was in college like <laughs> that's fine but you can't you just can't have it both ways and i think that's the like truly the most frustrating thing about dealing with christians in any kind of power is that it's so infrequent that their own life reflects their teachings that it 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 begs you it, it just begs the question of like what are their goals and if their goals is anything besides just gaining power and fame and money what what part of that makes you christian I should say that 
uh, Republican Representative Mark Walker, who is from North Carolina, uh, yeah, from North Carolina, he powerful Republican, I should say, he tweeted something today saying basically Jerry Falwell Jr.'s ongoing behavior is appalling. Dot dot dot. I'm convinced Falwell should step down. Ooh, which is interesting coming from a Republican of all people. But also, it's like, really, Falwell's behavior is appalling? Have you seen your party? Have you seen the head of your party right now? Like, it doesn't mean much coming from you, of all people. And I I feel like I see that a lot when people, like, try to call out Biden on whatever they want to call out. Like, sorry, you don't get to do that. You do not get to both say oh, Joe Biden stumbled over his words, he's senile, and then Trump, <laughs> who, <Right. laughs> who barely can string his sentence together and be like, smartest man alive, the dealmaker of our generation. Like the economy It's going to happen so whenever, well. it's like, this weekend or early next week, whenever he announces his vice presidential selection, Republicans are going to go apeshit over whoever it is, no matter what, for the dumbest reasons. And just to be clear, there will be good reason to criticize whoever he picks because none of them will be Elizabeth Warren. So like (laughs) there will be really good reason to criticize it, but like Republicans are going to find the dumbest reasons to do it. Stuff that Trump is doing right now, they will let slide, but like, Oh, I don't know. Karen Bass said something stupid 10 years ago. So we're going to hold it against her or I don't know. uh, Susan Rice uh, committed Benghazi or whatever they want to say. It's like, there's a like Russian are trying the whatever the Russians are trying to kill our troops or something, mm-hmm. the bounty for their heads. Right. Like Trump didn't do anything, but you're mad at someone for something that happened many years ago that she had no control over. It's going to happen. And some dumb people are going to fall for it. Well, and we don't want to be the, the, the people who do like, well, he did this and it was bad, but your guy is worse. But like the truth is almost certainly like the shit Trump has done is going to be worse than whatever shit people pulled. Also, um, there was a headline this week that I absolutely refused to um, to click on because it made my head explode. The headline yes. is, is Kamala, ha- is Kamala Harris too ambitious to be vice president? And I swear <laughs> I to that. fucking God, I was furious. How uh-huh. fucking dare you? How fucking da- a is she too ambitious to be president? Vice president <laughs> is I- she too smart to be vice president? Like that's what it sounds like. And also, just the framing of ambition is a necessarily bad thing. Girl, anybody who runs for public office is ambitious. Like, right? Ambition yes. is not bad. Like, what the fuck are you thinking, Bloomberg? It's infuriating like and people pretend we're in this like post like women can have it all but you see headlines like this you would never fucking see is joe biden too too ambitious to run for president he's already vice president isn't he happy <laughs> like fuck clean off you want to talk about the kkk let's talk about the kkk <laughs> since you brought it up <laughs> um I think last week we brought up that Alabama Republican state rep, Will Dismukes, um, he had spoken at a birthday celebration honoring Nathan Bedford Forrest. Maybe we didn't talk about this, but he gave an invocation. He gave an invocation at an annual celebration for Nathan Bedford Forrest, who I can't remember if he was governor at some point, but he was the first Grand Wizard of the KKK. Oh, 
And this state rep spoke at a celebration in his honor. Like who also died in 1877. So he's not really like a current hero. (laughs) Yeah. Like you have plenty of time to look up this guy's history. (laughs) Um, And so what happened after that? Like in a time when we are taking down Confederate statues and trying to change the flag and they did change the flag of Mississippi, like even Alabama Republicans are like, dude, what the hell are you doing? So this week he resigned not from the legislature, but from the Pleasant Hill Baptist Church, where he was also the pastor, because hmm. he knew even the Baptist Church's elders were like, we're totally going to fire you. Well, and he's like, I quit. And like when the Baptist Church gets to have moral high ground over you, Jesus. Yeah, you're in. But he's still in the <laughs> he's still in the legislature. Like, so that's been going on for the past several days where even all these Republicans now in Alabama are like, oh, shit, I got to answer for this guy. <sighs> um, but then it got worse. It got worse. Oh, God, what do you do? So the other day, um, the Montgomery County District Attorney announced that there was a warrant out for this guy's arrest, Dismukes. Because before he was in elected office in 2018, he worked at Weiss Commercial Flooring Incorporated, some regular flooring store, and apparently he stole money in excess of $2,500. Oh. And the the legal charge is first-degree theft of property valued at more than $2,500. But the DA actually said... I can't tell you like more details, but quote, I will tell you that the alleged amount is a lot more than that. <laughs> and again, allegations. He hasn't been convicted of anything, but basically this guy is now under arrest for allegedly stealing thousands of dollars before he got into office. And if he is convicted of a felony, he would automatically be booted from the state legislature. Um, which would be an easy way to get rid of him. You know what he said after the KKK incident, though? Like, after people started calling him out on that? Hmm. He said it was an example of cancel culture. Christ. Like, no. No, no, no. This is your actions being and the consequences of your actions. This cancel culture thing is really blowing my whole entire mind. Because, first of all, I can't think of that many people who have actually been canceled Yeah, they're very loud online, and they all seem to have, like, jobs at places of prominence where they're writing op-eds for major newspapers. And they're the ones like, here's my Wall Street Journal editorial about how I'm being silenced. Yeah, exactly. do you not get it? You're Uh, writing in one of the most well-read newspapers in history. But yeah, 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 silence, definitely. Like, what's her face who left something because of cancel culture or whatever? And it's like, ma'am, no, like, you don't... (sighs) I just, I do not get how the same group of people who are all about personal responsibility and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps are also anti having any consequences for your action. You don't have consequences. If you're a rich white person, you don't have consequences for your action. If you're a poor person of color, then by all means, you stole a loaf of bread. Fuck it. Lock him up forever. Like, wasn't there a story this week about how a man has been sentenced to life in prison, maybe in Mississippi, because he stole hedge trimmers like 20 years ago, valued at about 20 bucks. But because it was like his third strike, he had done more serious stuff in the past. Uh, but this was his third strike. Now he's in jail for life. And it, by the way, if he lives uh, another 10, 20 years or something, because he's old, 
Um, he w- the state will have spent more than half a million dollars incarcerating this guy for twenty dollar hedge trimmers, and the state supreme court said, "Yep, them's the rules." He gets to, like, no, we're not repealing a sentence or anything. Um, uh, that guy got canceled. God, the prison system is so fucking broken. There was a, yeah. a recently a, a Planet Money that was about that, about how some conservatives are now like pro prison reform, not because they have compassion for human people. No, no, no. Because of shit like that. If like, Oh, it costs us half a million dollars to yeah. like put this guy in jail. No, that's not, that's not good financial it's, sense. It is sad that that may be the best way to get them on board oh, to absolutely. repeal the death penalty. Like the oh. death penalty costs us way too much money per prisoner, millions of dollars to keep them in prison until the execution mm-hmm. to do all the legal battles with it mm-hmm. cost millions of dollars. Maybe since ethics isn't going to convince them right. killing people is the wrong thing. Maybe just say, look, money, you care yeah, about money, you, right? Like sinking to their level though. Like it makes me feel disgusting oh, yeah. to be like, Oh, it's not a family you tore apart or a person's life you ruined for shit that a rich person would not even like, just the level of shit that people think are prison worthy offenses Uh, like you know treason no he's fine he's (laughs) learned his lesson but like stole hedge clippers definitely blight on our society and we counterfeit twenty dollar bill let's put our knee on his neck oh my god yeah oh my god here i got a happy story for you yeah right um i know Uh, Remember Roy Moore, the judge who was accused of child molestation when he ran for U.S. Senate and the former chief justice who installed the Ten Commandments monument in the Alabama Supreme Court? If the end of the sentence isn't he's dead and I don't have to think about him anymore, then it's not going to be a happy story. No, but two years ago, almost like exactly two years ago, Sasha Baron Cohen, a.k.a. Borat, Mm -hmm. uh, he did a show called, uh, what was it called? Who is America? Mm Mm-hmm hilarious show where he basically played characters and got actual conservatives to talk to him and Mm -hmm. say really stupid shit because they thought they were talking to a ally conservative yeah fellow conservative so roy moore pretend i'm sorry uh sasha baron cohen pretended to be like an israeli security technology dude and he got an interview with roy moore and one of the the joke of the scene and this is kind of the whole segment that uh, the video is online. If you're looking for it, the whole segment is he's like in Israel, we have this wand, this detection that protects children because it, the alarm goes off in the wand, like a TSA airport uh-huh. radar like metal detector, detector yeah. metal detector thing. It goes off if you're in the presence of a child molester. And so Sasha Baron Cohen does it on himself. There's no sound. And he brings it toward Roy Moore and the alarm starts going off. And the character he's playing, Sasha Baron Cohen is like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I guess it must be broken. I don't know. Look, hey, uh, my buddy off screen, can you come here? Oh, it's not going off on this guy. Uh, Roy Moore. eh, eh, eh. (laughs) Like that's the whole joke. And eventually Roy Moore gets up and walks away. But hilarious segment. That was two years ago. Everyone's forgotten about it except Roy Moore. That's not true. Some of us never heard about it. (laughs) (laughs) So after that segment aired, Moore filed a $95 million defamation lawsuit against Sasha Baron Cohen, against Showtime for airing the show, and I think against like Viacom, the parent company. And that lawsuit is still happening. Sounds like cancel culture run amok, you know? Have a (laughs) second humor, Roy Moore. Right? But here's the best part. 
Sasha Baron Cohen, Sasha Baron Cohen's lawyer is like, oh, you still want to go for after us for defamation? Fine. We will play your game. Basically what they're here, I'm going to try to de-legalize this and try to put it in English. But what they're saying is Roy Moore is saying we defamed him. We committed libel by basically calling him a child predator, right? Mm -hmm. It's not defamation if it's true. Correct. So the lawyers for like Viacom or whatever are saying, fine, we want discovery on any and all issues. We want to talk to the women who he allegedly molested, which by the way, if you remember, the Washington Post is the one that said we spoke to these women. Uh, Statute of limitations has run out. There's no legal issue here. So we're talking to these women and getting their stories. And that's what sank Roy Moore. Well, the lawyers are saying, fine, truth is a defense against libel claims. So we want full discovery on actual actions, on actual malice. We're going to talk to these women. We want to get their full stories on the record. And we want to hear that Roy Moore really did molest them. (laughs) So both sides now have until February 2nd to complete the discovery on this case. And the hilarious thing is, if you're Roy Moore, this could have been a short-lived gag if you just shut up. Oh, it's a side effect for sure. Uh But he couldn't do that. And now it could come back to bite him. And and, oh, how glorious that would be. That is phenomenal. (laughs) That's so good. Um, Do you want to talk about another uh, really cool lawsuit? Please. Uh, So a pastor in Florida has sued over the mask mandate because his church can't pray if they wear masks. I was trying to make sense of this. Um, (laughs) <laughs> like which part of their church what what happens if you're wearing a mask can god not hear you like if your prayers are muffled are people unable to speak because somehow i can do it just fine if i go anywhere um does the mask get in the way of people's thoughts to, or clasping their hands together in prayer like I don't know how it hurts. Yeah. So this is Reverend Joe Tillis, who is a pastor at Suncoast Baptist Church in Palmetto. Did I say Florida? Palmetto, Florida. Um, And he said, (laughs) he said the, um, the mask mandate is a quote, radical infringement of the reasonable and legitimate expectation of privacy and facial autonomy (laughs) <laughs> oh boy, that's a great phrase. Facial autonomy, love it. Yeah. In addition to the medical privacy, men's faces must be autonomous. Women's bodies, not Jesus. so much. Oh, this is good. This is not an issue of right or left, Republican or Democrat. This is not even an issue of Trump or Biden. This is an issue of right or wrong. The re- resolution is wrong legally. The resolution is wrong biblically. The resolution is wrong medically. The resolution is wrong, and we do not accept it under any circumstances. By the way, the resolution he's talking about, the mask mandate in his county, was passed four to three. That's what they Republican majority commission. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, so, Florida has nearly 500,000 confirmed cases and more than 7,000 people have died as of this week. So, like, right. yeah, you're fighting I, the good fight, sir. The actual lawsuit that he filed doesn't say it stops us from prayer. That's something I think he told the media. But He said it does make it more difficult for him to preach and for members of the choir at his church to sing. Yeah. And I'm just thinking like, one, you don't need the choir. And two, you can preach via Zoom. You can do it on Facebook. You don't have to do it in person. 
and also you can wear a mask in church. Like you, you put the microphone close to your mouth. It's fine. Well, and it's you also like, it. yeah, maybe it does make it harder for you to preach, but also seatbelts make it a lot harder for me to do car dancing. But I understand yes. that I have to give up some of my car dancing related liberties in order yes. to be safe. So like tough shit. You don't get everything you want. Pastor. What's your face? Joel, whatever. Joel Tillis. Tillis. Yeah. Um, and by the way, the, uh, He's also joined in the lawsuit by a Florida Republican, mm-hmm. a state rep, Anthony Sabatini, who has filed like a dozen of these lawsuits because basically Republicans entire game plan is if you're trying to keep us safe, we're coming after you. Right. Uh, do you want to talk about satanic abortions? Um, yes. This is a thing. So, OK, there's a little backstory here to make sense of this. Like several years ago, uh, the satanic temple argued They filed a lawsuit saying in Missouri, one of their members wanted an abortion, but the state has a 72 hour waiting period. Like it's a stupid obstacle. Once you get a consultation and that you decide you want to get an abortion, you got to wait three days Mm -hmm. before you can actually get it. Hopefully that's enough time for you to rethink your decision. Uh, So the thinking goes. So paternalistic. It makes me fucking. (laughs) So the satanic temple sued and they said like, it's violating our satanic principles, one of which is one's body is inviolable, mm-hmm. subject to one's will alone. But the lawsuit was eventually tossed out, partly because the judge said, well, she's not pregnant now since it's been like a year. And so they tossed it out. You couldn't do it with her because she wasn't pregnant. So last year, that they tried it again. No sense. I know, like slow moving lawsuit and ultimately tossed out on a technicality, which everyone could have seen coming. So they tried again in 2019. This time, the Satanic Temple used an anonymous plaintiff. So you can't see the size (laughs) of like how far along she is. Yeah. But this time they said it was like a religious discrimination case. Like you're violating her religious beliefs Mm -hmm. by not allowing her to have control over her body. And she, I want to be clear, she is part of the Church of Satan. They're just uh, presumably the Satanic Temple. Yes, Uh, the Church of Satan is very unhappy with what I am about to say here. Okay, Okay. they are a different entity. God, this person is part of. The Satanic Temple. Okay, yes. so she's not just like a random person who's going to that. Okay. Not a rando. Yes, she. There actually is a person behind the anonymous plaintiff. Okay. Um, and she is a Satanist. So this time the court said no. The religious discrimination case is a no go because even if you don't like these laws in Missouri, they are not saying like seventy two hour. It's like twenty four hours for Christians, but seventy two for Satanists. Mm-hmm. The laws are religiously neutral, whether you like them or not. They're not singling her out for being a Satanist. So, no, we're tossing out your lawsuit. So that's the backstory. That's what has happened for the past couple of years. The Satanists can't win using the tactics they've tried. So this week, I feel like they're laying the groundwork for their future battles over abortion. Mm -hmm. They have now announced that all first trimester abortions must be exempt from any state regulation that hinders access to the procedure because it violates their beliefs. There are seven fundamental tenets, two of which involve bodily autonomy, Mm -hmm. which we just said, and another which says adherence to best scientific practices. So basically what they're saying is the Hobby Lobby decision that that allows business owners who are Christian to say, I'll pay for my employee's insurance, but not Never, if it covers yeah. contraception. They're saying, well, uh, we have the religious freedom 
to we can't have the government interfering with our religious practices. Mm -hmm. And a first trimester abortion is a religious practice by our religious beliefs. And so if you are coming after us, you have to have a really, really good reason for telling us why our religious beliefs must be violated in order for the government to achieve its goals. Mm -hmm. And that is a harder burden to overcome. I think that's what they're trying to do here. Because they just kind of said abortions are now a Satanist thing for us. Yeah. For members. Yeah. Um, And they said there is a ritual involved, too. Like if you're having a surgical abortion, they offered advice to women who are doing that. Part of that is when you are ready, like take deep breaths and make yourself comfortable. When you are ready, say the third tenet and fifth tenet aloud. You may now undergo the surgery. After the surgery is complete and any any anesthetic has worn off, return to your reflection and cite your affirmation. (laughs) And they also said in there, any state laws that interfere with their religious practices uh, are not going to work anymore. They specifically said mandatory waiting periods, medically unnecessary sonograms, giving women reading material that they don't need that tells them don't have an abortion. Um, Listen, making the women listen to a fetal heartbeat, uh, cremation of fetal remains and they even have a little sign uh certificate there that says i demand a religious exemption to these generally applicable restrictions so that's what they did this week and i asked uh carolyn uh, mala corbin who is a professor of law is any of this going to work if they tried this in court would this actually work and what she told me is there's kind of two possible problems that satanists are going to come across One is that they have to establish that an abortion ritual is a sincere religious practice. And a court may say, no, it's not. But she added, courts have been kind of hesitant about telling someone who says, this is my religious belief. The courts are hesitant about saying, no, it's not. Sure. So maybe they don't want to get into that. The other thing is a patient would have to show that abortion restrictions substantially burden her religious practice. And it's possible a court says, yeah, there's a 72 hour waiting period, but honestly, it doesn't get in the way of you getting an abortion. So we're not going to take your claim here seriously. Um, But the Satanic Temple also said uh, the abortion ritual is more than just the abortion itself. It's not just the procedure, it's everything surrounding it, too, which means, you know, the the courts can't just say, look, a 72-hour waiting period doesn't burden you, because they would kind of have to say, no, the whole stupid ritual you have, it's not a big deal, which courts generally don't do. Mm -hmm. So interesting tactic. We'll see if it ever plays out in the future, but I feel like they're setting the groundwork for it. Um, apparently, there's some breaking news, which we don't do What's a lot the of breaking this podcast. News? Jerry Falwell Jr. agreed on Friday to take an indefinite leave of absence from his role as president and well, transfer over well, to university. Well. Interessante. Interesting. I can't imagine he's stepping away far. He is that school. And again, I, I just want to point out, let's say, and I haven't read this yet, Let's say he does step away. He would be stepping away because of the controversy stemming from the stupid yacht photo Mm -hmm. and not because of the racist shit he did months ago and not because of all the black students who have abandoned Liberty University, including some of their star athletes, which happened over the past couple of months, Mm -hmm. and not because he censored the school newspaper and not because he's suing 
reporters who are going on campus like he would be leaving because like he embarrassed them one step too many on his private yacht right like it's the dumbest reason for him to step away and it's a i'm surprised and i i would be shocked if he leaves period because again liberty is fall well those two things are linked it's right. the fall kirk center right. for bat shittery it's not the charlie kirk center for whatever yeah i mean like, i'm looking at the uh the press release from liberty university which lol i every time i rediscover that it's in lynchburg virginia i i simultaneously laugh and cry all over again but yeah it's just one sentence acting on behalf of the full board <laughs> met today and requested that Falwell Jr. take an indefinite... So he they requested him to leave from his role as president and chancellor, to which he has agreed effective immediately. So, All right, here's my prediction then. Okay. My prediction is give it a few... I mean, this whole school year is going to be a crazy one, right, right. for everybody, because right. no one's really going on campus, mm -hmm. and anyone who does will be off campus within weeks after the first outbreak. So it would be very easy for him to take a year off, come back in a year, mm -hmm. and say... Guess what? I spent a year reading my Bible. Dang. I'm good now. Yeah. Yep. I talked to my pool by pool boy. I'm all settled now. <laughs> We're good. And he'll be back in a year. I'll call it now. Hold me to it. Someone listening to this uh, by the next school year when hopefully things are back to normal. Maybe yeah. he'll be back. That is, I'll forget that I make this prediction, but that's my prediction. Yeah, that is super, super wild. Um, I know we're running short on time. Just really quick, I want to read this headline. Yeah. Egypt tells Elon Musk its pyramids were not built by aliens. Like, what timeline <laughs> are we in? W watching Elon Musk complete his journey from, like, the guy who's going to solve all our problems to full-on Lex Luthor supervillain is a sight <laughs> to behold. I've so he said aliens like built the pyramids and Egypt is like, no, that's not how the pyramids were yeah, made. Egypt, Slave labor did it, but not the aliens. Egypt, the country had to make <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Um, she says, seeing the... How rich do you have to be for a country to have to respond to your stupid tweets? Do you know what his tweet was? What? Aliens built the pyramids of OBV. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Oh my god. I just I don't How is know. his child's name not the dumbest thing he's tweeted this year? It's I cannot. I, it's just all too much for me to handle. Um, um I have one last story for you that I wanted to bring up before we were uh, done. There was an interesting report that came out this week. It is from a it was the Ibis Reproductive Health that's a nonprofit legal group that supports abortion rights. And it was with the Center for Reproductive Rights. So these are abortion rights groups. But basically, they put together, they did the research, and they wanted to know, uh, if you are a state that opposes abortion, what do you do? You enact bills restricting access to abortion. We know that. And they actually counted like 25 different things that states could do to put hurdles in the way of a woman obtaining an abortion. So saying uh, you can't do it in the second or third trimester, putting a waiting period, uh, insurance restrictions, trap laws that say the hallways at Planned Parenthood have to be like 10 feet wide for no reason, uh -huh. stuff like that. They, they tallied up 25 of these things. They also tallied up 25 things that might contribute to women not wanting 
to get abortions or not needing to get abortions. Things like higher minimum wages, Mm -hmm. maternity leave, Mm -hmm. uh, strong education, gun safety laws, even mandatory gym classes, smoke-free restaurants, contraceptive access, healthcare funding, et cetera. Wait, smoke-free restaurants? Um, I think it goes toward health. Just like if we live in a more healthy environment where your kid's not going to grow up with any problems, uh, you'll be more likely to want a baby if you're pregnant. So anyway, they put these together and they wanted to know which states have the, the restrictions and which states are going out of their way to make sure women don't have a need for an abortion because they either wouldn't get pregnant or if they do, it's because they want to be pregnant, mm-hmm. right? And what they found, you're not going to believe this, what? is that the states that were most anti-abortion mm-hmm. in that they have the most restrictions to abortion. Wait, I'm going to do my surprise face before Please you do, do it. it. Yes, Yes, that's the surprise face. I can describe it. It looks surprised. They have the least support. I I cannot. They have the least support for women and new mothers and anyone who might get pregnant. I can't. I'm so surprised. You would think if you, I mean, in an ideal world, even if you have a million abortion restrictions, you would try to make sure women uh, you would make sure the abortion rate is going lower. It's and about the state, punishment. So state at the bottom of the list, uh, Oklahoma, which had 18 restrictions and only nine uh, good things to help women. Uh, Kansas, for example, had 17 restrictions, but only six good policies in place. Vermont, on the other hand, had zero restrictions and 20 of the 25 good things. And what's their uh, abortion rate like, huh? I, you know what? I don't have that number in front of me. But again, if you don't need to have an abortion, that definitely will lower the rate. It's it. it, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt when I can, because I've always thought like there's no way Republicans are just that malicious and that vindictive that they just want to like punish women. But at this point, I have no other understanding of like what like we know how to I've said this a million fucking times on this show. We know how to reduce abortions and they just won't do it because at this point it is 100 percent about controlling women which i do not say lightly because that seems like a wild statement to make but what else like what else am i supposed to think yeah yeah i'm with you anyway all right is that it oh wait, i've gotten it out of my uh, system now i think we're good i'm sorry Hemet, we still have i can no longer um uh, hear you anymore thing soon um I am just going to, I can't hear you very well. We'll fix um, that. From July 30th. This is from Neon Erica. My favorite podcast, Hemant and Jessica, Mary Logic and Emotion in the analysis of social, political and religious concerns in an honest and refreshing podcast. Friendly Atheist Podcast has given me a better understanding of the problems our country faces today, as well as more tools at my disposal to fight for what's right. This is a podcast that not only atheists can benefit from. On top of that, an enjoyable listen, listen every week with two very different but adorable personalities who provide some great banter. Hemant, we're adorable. Are we? We are adorable. Go us. Talking about me, for sure. 
Um, cool. Um, Hemant, where can we find you online? You could find me at Hemant Meta on Twitter. You can find me at friendlyatheist.com. If it's, if you're getting this in time, uh, I will be speaking at the American Humanist Association's virtual conference on Saturday. Cool. It's free. You do have to register. So please register. Excellent. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Um, if you are not a donor already, I encourage you to, uh, go to, uh, what is it? Uh, patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. My husband and I have a good dozen or so uh, bonus podcasts about various movies. And also um, if you are interested in Twin Peaks, we have a uh, podcast called Cooper Duper. It's just us rewatching Twin Peaks. And tonight we're going to find out who killed Laura Palmer. Woo! I assume that's a thing. It is a thing. In fact, it's a huge cultural touchstone. So that's on you, not me. Got it. Um, all right. We will talk to you all next week. Bye.